You're listening to Station F, the podcast. From the world's largest startup campus in Paris. Hello, I'm Roxanne Varza, director at Station F, the world's biggest startup campus located in central Paris, and welcome to our podcast. I'm wishing everyone a happy Valentine's Day from the City of Love, and I want to seize this opportunity to talk about my all-time favorite topic, dating apps and platforms. No, I'm, I'm kidding, because that's not the case, and I'll tell you guys why. Um, so I'm joined by three Station F entrepreneurs, so Daniel co-founder of Fields, a new dating app based on creating interactions. Hey. Hello, Roxanne. Uh, Matteo, co-founder of Navi, a reverse image search engine. Hey, Matteo. <laughs> nice to meet you. And Dinal, co-founder of Cupido, a chatbot for dating tips. Hi. So guys, it's great to have you with us. Now, before we get started, I want to tell you I have a super strange relationship with this topic. When I was a journalist, Back in the day at TechCrunch, I got pitched by all kinds of ridiculous dating sites. Uh, I think it's because in France, Medic has been such a crazy story of success. So now Medic is obviously owned by Match. Um, and so the weirdest pitch I ever got as a journalist was a site called Ladies Shoes Me. And the woman was supposed to pick her potential partner on this dating site based on an image of the guy or girl's shoes rather than a profile pic. And there's so many things <laughs> wrong with that story. But anyway, I will just leave it there so that you guys can kind of understand where my frustrations are coming from. Um, but I feel like the dating site craze has maybe kind of slowed down, maybe not, because there's like a million sites out there. Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, Badoo, Happen Once. Uh, I feel like I'm saying a poem. Anyway, Daniel, before you tell us about fields, and I want you to tell me your thoughts about the industry, I actually want you to tell me, is this a crowded space? That's actually a very good question because that's the first one we, we get as a reaction from people when we pitch that we, we are actually bidding a, a dating app. And the first reaction is, wow, wh what are these guys doing? It's like uh, thousands of opportunities out there and, and still you are doing uh, something. How do you differentiate? Uh, the reality is, is not that it's so crowded. The reality is that um, you have one major player that is on the, actually the segment 18 to 35 years old that is uh, in a monopoly situation. And uh, all the others are basically copycats of this player. So who's the monopoly holder? It's Tinder, it's obviously. Tinder. It's Tinder, obviously. obviously. Yeah, it's Tinder. And, and all the rest is a simple copycat with, with, a, with a marketing trick and a, a simple feature that, that corresponds to this marketing trick, sometimes even not. Okay, so you guys are taking on the monopoly. That's the ambition. That's the ambition. <laughs> Tell me how you're doing it. What are you guys doing differently? Well, probably that what I'm going to tell you it, it would not have been possible six, seven years ago because uh, when Tinder was launched, they were actually bringing a real innovation to the market. Uh, today, people are a bit over this. And, and uh, the problem uh, of this industry is that you have a high level of insatisfaction dissatisfaction sorry and um, and the, the problem of this dissatisfaction that is uh, one of the highest in uh, comparison to uh, a lot of industries is superficiality and we are trying to 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 remove this um, this topic from completely from all the dating apps uh, by by offering more content about people uh, about people sorry so i feel like dating is just You have to be superficial when you first meet someone. What does that say about me that I've just said that? Um, no, but how, like, honestly, how can you do that 
in a such a digital world. I feel like, you know, Instagram, Facebook it, profiles, the, the nature of a profile is not being sincere. Well, if, if you look at about the customer journey of a, of a user on a dating app, he starts by doing his profile. And on Tinder, you spend like a half a minute to do that. You basically click and you can start exploring. What we do is that we encourage users to put content about themselves that is truly them. Because if you are truly you on a dating app, you, have, you might end up with somebody that really likes you and not just likes an image of you. So what our, our users do is that they put videos of them, they put content, they answer questions, and all that gives a real look at the personality of somebody and not just a simple picture that can be liked or disliked by somebody that you don't even know. Interesting. So you guys are really developing a lot more content. A lot more content and videos. 50% of our users use at least one video. Wow. And that's a big difference to any Very other personal. It is. Wow. All right. Well, Dinal, I think you guys have a, you've seen a different opportunity in dating, which I find super fascinating. You and your co-founder came to France from Sri Lanka with a chatbot company, but you guys pivoted. Um, now you're essentially leveraging the chatbot technology, but to do something very differently in dating. Tell me how it works. So uh, when we came to Paris the first time, uh, we didn't know a lot of people. So we actually used a lot of dating apps here. And one of the findings we discovered was it's really hard here to get a match or get a date. So at least, uh, actually, we talked to a lot of people, even at Station F. And then we realized it's not just us, it's, it's a general scenario for guys. What we thought was like, okay, there should be a way to tackle this problem. So we kept uh, more of uh, going on an approach, which is quite similar to startups. We improved our profiles iteratively until we get the results we want. So we kept changing photos, we kept changing our description, we kept doing a lot of changes until we optimized uh, to a point that we get matches. So our idea was, okay, what if we create a machine learning based solution that could do it for us? So the I idea kind of started like that. And then we kind of started uh, hacking into a bit of code and then we tried automating stuff. And it worked really well for us at the beginning. Uh, as an example, we use script to auto like profiles and do stuff. So we see how it works. And after a while, uh, we actually realized there's potential because not just us, there are a lot of guys who are facing the problem that just because there's a lot of competition on dating apps, as an example, uh, on Tinder they say, if you're not among the top 20%, you won't get a match. And if you're not among the top 1%, there's a really, really thin chance to get a match. And for an average guy, there's only 0.4% chance of going on a date with a a girl who he has met on a dating app. And for both genders, uh, it's about six, seven months of steep learning curve just to know how to make a dating app work. And more or less, dating apps create a lot of uh, other issues like anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem. And all this because you just don't know how to use a dating app. So we thought of why don't we create something to tell or teach people how to use dating apps? And if you look at a different industry like fitness, uh, there are AI-based solutions that, that, that access uh, fitness coaches. 
So we thought, okay, this is, this is a good opportunity. We're going to create a dating coach just to help people how to use dating apps. And our grand vision is to uh, create something not only for online dating, but for dating in general, relationship advice in general. But we had to start from here. Super. But I'm just kind of confused, actually, about how it actually works. So, like, I fill out my profile, and then you're going to actually tell me, uh, no, you should put this kind of joke in your profile. You should put, you know, this kind of photo. How, what kind of coaching advice do you guys actually give? Give me, like, a concrete example. Okay. A concrete example would be uh, if you share your your profile with the with our dating coach, which is the AI. Uh, it could actually tell you your which order you should have your photos, and that is something super dynamic. You won't be able to find it anywhere unless you show it to 10, 20 friends of yours and try to maybe fill up an Excel sheet with their... Interesting. So you guys have cracked the code for which photo I should put first. Very interesting. Um, I'd like us to come back to that. Uh, But quickly, I'm going to move to Matteo, who also has experience in photos, but in a very different way. Um, You guys have built your business around a less glamorous part of the dating business. So shady photos. And I feel like without... Uh, your business, we would just probably potentially see a lot of crap on different dating sites. So tell me, how does Navy change the experience? So thanks for the question. The point of Navi was not to build uh, a solution for uh, a specific industry, but was really to reinvent uh, a fundamental block uh, of the internet that is uh, reverse image search. That is a term that is not very sexy, but what it is concretely is uh, finding the origin of a picture online. Where does it come from? What is its history? Where was it used? And then we started to use it, as a matter of fact, with uh, some of the largest dating websites. And the use case is very simple. When you upload uh, a picture on uh, fields or on uh, Tinder or uh, wherever, we check where this picture was used before. So for example, if uh, Roxanne we see that uh, the picture was already used by someone called uh, Francine in New York and now is Roxanne in Paris. Red light, uh, it's probably a fraud. And this is, uh, this is the core of the technology. Then there are many other checks that we do to be sure that it's a fraud. But the goal behind is really to create a way to track content online and to always know where it's coming from, regardless whether it's dating, uh, apartments, uh, luxury for counterfeits, etc. Interesting. So you're not just detecting shady photos, like bad content. You're mm-hmm. actually detecting even fraudulent images. So you could tell me the person who's chatting with you, that's not their photo. We, they are blocked before they chat with you. So our clients, uh, the second we tell, I can give you a statistic that is quite interesting. Um, 15% of pre-moderated content on dating websites is... Uh, uh, fake is uh, is not the real person who's wow. chatting with you. There are it's companies uh, in uh, mostly in um, West Africa that uh, create scam profiles every day. They have scam factories because it's such uh, a rich market. It's the largest fraud in the American market every year. There are hundreds and thousands of people that lose on average two thousand dollars per scam. Wow. Uh, it's 150 On dating mil- apps. Yes. It goes through dating apps. Yes, That's and they crazy. denounce it. Think the number of people that have not the courage to come to the authority and say, I was scammed on a dating app. 
I think it's a big Interesting. part. Interesting. So you guys, it's a pure B2B play. So who are you working with today? Most of them we cannot say. <laughs> uh, but uh, in the dating space, one that uh, people might know is Pactor. Pactor is the largest uh, dating app in the Southeast Asia, 30 million users. Okay. And so we keep them safe in Singapore, uh, Laos, Cambodia, to make sure that the people on their app are really who they say they are. But we work with uh, some very large uh, luxury companies, uh, uh, re uh, real estate companies. Great. Well, now I have to ask, is dating even a good business? Um, so, Daniel, you guys have close to 10,000 users. How long have you guys been up and running for, actually? Nine months. Nine months. So that's actually a pretty good number. Uh, it's mostly organic. Mostly organic. I know you guys had a big spike in the last month or so as well. Where'd that come from? Well, it comes from um, Apple uh, that featured us on their, uh, on their stores, and I think it's uh, the first time uh, since Tinder that the free dating app is actually featured on the on the stores so that helped us but since then we also managed to grow organically so it's a uh, it's a uh, both good news all right so free dating app 10k users how do you guys monetize we don't today we don't the the objective is is to find um, for now the the perfect product fit to the market um, and the, the there is no goal to in the short to midterm to monetize but to answer the question that comes next, <laughs> obviously at some point we'll start to find ways to monetize. I hope so. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but the, I mean, this is not a business where um, it has been difficult to monetize so far, and we are not reinventing the wheel. Um, it's a it's a need for people to meet, and you were asking whether it was good or not. We can have the discussion, but I think um, if your product has a value to the customer, at the end he will pay for the service. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, no, do you guys take the same philosophy? Not going to try and monetize right now, just accumulate users? Or are you guys currently monetizing? Um, we were in a private beta for three months, uh, or more, more, more or less four months. And since this month, we are starting uh, to monetize. And our monetization strategy would be if you want to get your profile analyzed and get your feedback, you have to pay. And Similarly, since it's a dating coach, we tell you how to approach your potential matchers, like how to start a conversation, what kind of topics you should talk about. And to do that, we, we actually charge them as well. So one other thing about dating, online dating is it's quite addictive, more addictive than gambling. So we believe that we have a solid chance in generating recurring revenue through this. Okay, great. Um, and then... Matteo, I have to say, your B2B, it sounds like a very, very different model. Uh, does it function as a SaaS? Is it something different? It depends on the use case. Uh, the approach we're taking for the moment is a very much uh, um, an approach close to the customer. So we listen to their needs. Often there are very large companies with many divisions. So we have an engineer that works with them for uh, sometimes weeks to really configure all the systems, their uh, image, uh, uh, configuration of the database to make sure that we are as smoothly integrated as possible and um, and then it's a licensing model okay so it's, uh, depending on the usage and the number of uh, of tracked uh, business units etc wonderful so guys i have to turn to now a, a very different aspect um you guys are leveraging some really incredible technologies we've talked about real-time chatbots video image recognition there are people who feel that technology is helping relationships, but obviously there are also people who feel that it's making people lonelier. I have to ask you, how do you guys feel about that? Where do you guys sit in this in this topic? Matteo, I'm going to start with you. 
Well, that's uh, an old uh, an old uh, question, very complex to answer. Um, I think it's what is good about dating is it opens up the world. Before we just met our friends or friends of friends, now dating give us a chance to find people that are really matching what we are and not just uh, being in our social circle. That is already a good match because being in the same social circle already removes some of the things that we do not like. Uh, but I think it can really open up the world for people. Clearly, the digital experience, if it's just image and it's just swiping, uh, it's very like cold meat uh, evaluation. There is no feeling. But what some companies like feel on that, I think they chose their name for that reason, try to do is uh, to bring some human value in a great concept that for the moment was lacking uh, human um, uh, interaction. Interesting. Daniel, he made a kind of pass to you. So how do you feel about that? Well, it's, it's a general question that we have to ask about online usage of social networks. I mean, how many time, how much time users spend on Instagram versus on Tinder today? And I don't think there is a huge difference and compare that as well to TikTok. Um, I think in general, it's a very positive improvement to the society. If you think about it, it's a very unknown thing uh, about uh, women in general is that uh, Dating apps have left them the opportunity to actually meet people outside their uh, life, uh, in real life circle, and uh, and run their private life as they want, and not without being judged by their colleagues, their friends, their family. And that has been a very positive uh, improvement for, for the society that has been also uh, uh, studied by, by, um, by sociologists. So that's the first thing that is really good that we, that that has helped the society to improve. Now how uh, Tinder has made it uh, more of a commodification or like people are more like a commodity and, and they are swiping left, right and judging. That's a very different topic and that's where we are trying to improve the, 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 the experience by, by really revamping the whole customer journey on a dating app. Dinal, lonelier, not lonelier? Uh, I would guess it's not lonelier. Building uh, on top of uh, Matthew's answer and Daniel's answer. Um, actually, if, you, if I look at the statistics, uh, until now, uh, not until now, like until a couple of years ago, the number one way a person would find his or her significant other was through a friend. And now it is in the second place. And the first uh, place, it's online dating. I think a statistic speaks for itself, whether it connects the world in a better way or not. And also, that is for... Uh, of the relationships in general, and when it comes to homosexual relationships, I think it's uh, uh, one out of three people meet their significant other through a dating app. So, I guess. So I guess something's happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, you kind of hinted now that online dating, we never thought it would be the case, has kind of taken the lead in the number one way that people meet. What does the future look like for you guys? And I want us to kind of end on this note. So. Are there technologies that we haven't leveraged, a crazy experience out there to imagine, um, threats that maybe we're totally not aware of today that may come about in the future? So what does actually the, the next, maybe in the next five, 10 years, are we going to keep meeting people online in the way that we're currently meeting them? Or is it going to change radically? Dinal, I'll start with you. Uh, I guess it's a very opinionated uh, question plus an answer. So I believe it would go in a good way. I think uh, the world will 
be utopian than dystopian. So also I, I feel that technology is not being exploited. Uh, people people are happy using the technologies and I think it's it's it's, it's a, I think the future will be great. Yeah. When it comes to online dating and You think we'll use holograms to meet each other in the future and date and no. <laughs> Matteo, you see any <laughs> any technology that we haven't leveraged yet that we should be? Um, there are many that could uh, happen, as you were mentioning. There is VR. I see it hardly becoming a big thing, but you know, we never would have said that uh, one relation out of two would have been started online. On our side, the way we are approaching this future is uh, kind of in a different way. We say we want to make sure that at least we can trust the internet. We think that trust is a big issue on the internet because there we hear bad stories, Uber in France uh, with the drivers, uh, sexual assaults, etc. So we try to take the bad players at the beginning of the journey so that we can see um, the internet growing and the dating growing in a safe way. And I think if you keep it safe, if you keep it fun, uh, we put the feelings back in the equation. We help people that are struggling it can just help uh, a big part of the, the population that is living uh, emotional distress because let's not forget that a lot of people outside of maybe our circle, Station F, successful students, etc., have really hard pro problems connecting with people once they finish their high school education and they go to work because they are not exposed to many people. So dating can be a huge help for them. On our side, we will try to make it as safe as possible and uh, the guys in front of me, I'm sure they will make it better from a customer journey perspective. Super. All right, Daniel, up to you. <laughs> what does the future of dating look like? I think that's the first uh, the, the first layer uh, is the to get rid of all the scams and fraud. And there is the first uh, level of technologies that, that you can use. And it's image rec recognition. It's also in the future video recognition. Mm -hmm. That is not so widespread today, but uh, technologies like blockchain could also be used in some way to, to ensure the identity of users when they connect uh, into a bit, into a, a dating app. Now the 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 second topic is more about the the real future usage, and you mentioned AR, VR, uh, these kind of things. It hasn't yet even happened in in B two B for meetings. Uh, people feel they still need to move to meet somebody to really develop a relationship. So there is still this human interaction that we won't get rid of. And uh, the our bet that we made was that people will actually spend a bit more time on dating apps. Uh, that they do today because today they they spend some time then they quickly meet people and it's not qualified they will qualify a bit more by by opening up showing a bit more uh, about themselves like they do on on a social network because it's fine today to say i am on a dating app while 10 years ago it would be like seen as the last resort option for anything that you you uh, you would tell your friend so um, they will spend more time it will be f easier to say to their friends so it can it can turn into I mean, it's closer to the boundaries to a social network. So that's exactly what we are uh, what we are doing by proposing users to interact with each other. So that's our how we see the future. It's a simple innovation in, in the way we we we, we talk uh, with the people, but it's uh, it's much nicer. It's uh, less uh, harsh to to people. It's like not uh, uh, it's not direct messages that are can, that can hurt. It's not judgmental, but it's more like. A, Starting a subject on a specific topic, making it more natural and and uh, and less superficial at the end. Super. All right. Well, I'm excited to see what that will look like in the future, guys. It's been great having you. Thank you, Daniel, Dinal, and Matteo.
Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. If you like this episode, make sure to give us many, many stars. If you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter or by email at press at stationf.co. And finally, make sure to follow us and not to miss our next episodes. We are available on all your usual podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, and Google Podcasts. All right. See you soon.